Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. Happy holidays, Todd. Happy holidays, Mark. How are you? I'm well. Yesterday we had a Friendsgiving with our neighbors and oh fun and this coming Thursday is Thanksgiving already. It is it is it's like a couple of days ago it was like eighty. <laughs> it is no longer eighty. It is no longer eighty, and uh, yeah. So, um, do you know what turkeys are thankful for on Thanksgiving? Uh, I don't. Vegetarians. <laughs> I don't. Know. I just. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> but he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. Ah, <laughs> uh, it is nice to be back, though. I'm ready for a nice, cozy chat with you. I wrote a couple of things down this week, and then I wanted to to run past you. Yeah. So. I've been working lately, I'd say for the last six months or so on an own, my own internal philosophy project of how much we are truly in control of our own brains, right? Because right? I think our, our, our cognitive, what we're aware of, I think of does very little of our actual thinking and our subconscious or, or whatever that's hidden from us makes a lot of our decisions and reactions and all that stuff. So I've been sort of looking for examples of how that could be true and stuff like that. And I got to a conundrum when it comes to, so I was uh, with my, I uh, had dinner with my cousin Carol a couple nights ago, went to Olive Garden, actually down the street here. I was like, I should pray a, punk, uh, park, a prank on Mark and Nick <laughs> because I can get in using your thumbprint door thing. Oh, right. And I should just, do that and so you guys would hear that but then just like make no noise and hide somewhere in the house i did not do that but we were sitting there and i made some joke that just like came out fully formed like during just in the middle of a conversation that really made me laugh and i was sitting there and thinking how is it that we cannot tickle ourselves right even though we are merely replicating a physical sensation that somebody else gives us that doesn't work to tickle ourselves, but somehow we can tell ourselves a joke, right. a joke which requires some sort of subversion or surprising element in order for it to work. How are we keeping that surprise from ourselves right. as we're making the joke? And you think it would be the opposite, like... Physical sensation, fine. Anyone can do it. <laughs> Surprising your own brain seems a lot more complicated. Right. <clears throat> it's probably because of like the tickle sensation is a specific uh, deterrent from like if you have a fly crawling on you. Okay. Your, your body is reacting to that. Right. Um, I don't know why with laughter. 
<laughs> but you know that's the tickling sensation you know i wonder uh, if the tickling is... also has to do with the <clears throat> anxiety or the surprise of not knowing where right. the movement or the right. tickle is going to go and that adds an element of Right. You know, that sort of response that could be it, too. But yeah, just every time I'd say I like I think of a joke in my head or something like that, I'm like, how does that work? That that's like a surprise to me, too. It just doesn't it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Our brains are are screwy. Amazing. <laughs> but then I was boiling some water Uh huh. and it got to a nice vigorous boil. Yep. And I was looking at all bulk the water. Boiling. A what? Bulk boiling. Bulk boiling. Is that what it's called? OK. So it was bulk boiling, apparently. And I was looking at just like the amount of bubbles and stuff like that coming out. Is all of the gas from those bubbles coming from the water or is it coming from somewhere else? No, it's coming from the water. So those are <clears throat> there, there's several stages and we should we should have a whole episode on the the water boiling, boiling. <laughs> boiling of water paint drying it's like <laughs> the departure from except we'll watch it the whole time and it will never like boil nucleate boiling and departure from nucleate boiling and bulk boiling and uh so each of these have different amount of enthalpy and uh, uh enthalpy enthalpy uh, like how much energy is in the water uh, how much resistance? How is that related resistance? to entropy, or is it just it just a coincidence? Similar, yeah, okay, because yeah. I thought maybe one meant the opposite of the other. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so when you're trying to remove oxygen or or absorb gases in water, <clears throat> you bring it up to about 120 degrees, and you can and so it's way below boiling point, but it's hot enough that it it forces the gases out so like when you have a you can see like the teeny tiny bubbles teeny tiny bu bubbles not and we're not talking about um carbonation right or, which is the same process but there are you know just inherently dissolved gases in water and so you leave it out on the countertop those will come out slowly and form the little micro bubbles on the surface of the, of the inside surface mm -hmm. of the glass but if you warm it up that process happens faster and so in uh this is really giving some solid basis to all of my ice temperature <laughs> pressure for my <laughs> double big goal so like in fluid systems and nuclear power we keep uh we'll keep like a surge tank which is just like an extra um supply of water into the system we'll keep that at, uh, at 120 degrees with a steam blanket over it so that it doesn't absorb any oxygen so it's at 120 degrees all the oxygen is going to come out and instead of keeping a, a gas in there we keep steam at the top so that there's no oxygen to go into that fluid system okay uh, oxygen in water that goes through pipes causes corrosion and so you don't want any oxygen in the pipes uh, and so we want to deoxygenate all, all the water. So when you get past that um, that outgassing phase and you start boiling, you have that initial boiling phase where you have little bubbles that appear in the bottom and then quickly collapse. Mm -hmm. And that means that the the water above doesn't have enough en enthalpy. It doesn't have enough energy to keep that bubble 
hot enough, enough right. to remain steam. Only the bottom is hot. Only the bottom is hot right next to the plate. Uh, you know, the burner. The burner. Burner. <laughs> burner. I barely knew her. Oh, I, I don't have my glasses on. I didn't know quite what I was hitting there, but I'll take it. And, um, and so once all of the water has enough enthalpy in it, it will start that bulk boiling, that rolling yeah. boiling where the, the uh, steam escapes. And then we see water vapor, which isn't exactly steam. That's the steam because steam is clear. We don't you don't you can't see steam. Huh. <laughs> so what we see when we So steam is the gas then. Steam and then is the, the gas. Water version. particles is what we're usually seeing. What we're seeing is the the condensation condensation you know, of those microparticles in air. So you can you can breathe in that water vapor, but if you breathed in steam, you would eviscerate <laughs> Your your because steam has to be two hundred twelve degrees or higher. It's it Always is two hundred thirteen degrees or higher. Right, exactly, and so it, okay. it contains a tremendous amount of energy, and will burn you. Power bad. a train, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't it. I just I I guess I thought of it because as that water was <clears throat> vigorously bulk boiling. It just seemed, and I, I know that the air is expanding or whatever, the gas is expanding, but the volume disparity between what you put in the pot totally. and what is boiling out seems wildly different. <laughs> totally. So I was like, where is all this volume coming from? And I, yeah, I get it. it's expanding a little bit, but it just seems shocking to me. Yeah, and that, that goes back to the experiment I, I'm sure I've done with you before. Of where you, you take, burn me. Where, where I you burn, burn you. boiling water. <laughs> Wait, and show enthalpy at me. Steam down your throat. <laughs> um, is you take a little bit of water in the bottom of an aluminum can, and you can put it straight on your like electric burner on your stove, so that that water boils, yeah. fills that can with steam, and now you take a pair of tongs and you upside Flip down it, yeah. into cold water. That steam will condense. To the amount of, you know, a teaspoon yeah. at the bottom, which means that the rest is left with a vacuum. And so the 14.7, you know, pounds per square inch on the outside that's pushing on the can just, just crushes yeah. it. I love, they do that with train cars every yeah. I don't know if they do that, but <laughs> I've seen videos totally, where that totally. has happened, where it just violently implodes yeah. in one second. Yep. Interesting. So... <laughs> You have already uh, partially answered this question before we <laughs> before we uh, started, but I had I had a note. What happens to a twink after they turn twenty five? It seems like in the in gay culture there is a twink, which is usually a, a younger, thin uh, male, hairless. So, usually, okay, yeah, yeah but and, but young being yep. the key right. element of that, and so I was wondering what the age barrier was. Where right. do you go after that, or you so, just fend for yourself in an un? So I used to be a uh, a volunteer <laughs> yes. at Smirk and uh, <laughs> uh, at the Sexual Minority Youth Resource Center, and um, about ten years after that, we had a reunion. And, uh, and they, where are all the twinks I used to work with? <laughs> so the, so the, the kids, you know, were now, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And 
Uh, and so they made T-shirts for themselves <laughs> that said, no longer a twink, not yet a daddy. <laughs> and, and, and it was a legitimate, like, we don't know what, what cubby hole we're supposed to be right, in right now. Right. We're no longer a twink or not yet a daddy. What am I? Right. Uh, if you're not super hairy, you know, Harry goes into kind of the young Harry is like a cub or an otter. Uh, older Harry, bigger guy is more of a bear. Bear, you yeah. know, and you've got all these little little fragments. And does and every now? I guess that's what we're we're bumping up against is that there isn't. I guess everyone doesn't fit neatly into right. a category then. Totally, and dad totally. just ends up being broad enough at some point where, <laughs> where everybody just comes at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, funny. <laughs> Interesting. I will save my thoughts on Taylor Swift and Lil Nas X and if they are the next Madonna for a different time. Oh. Well, <clears throat> I say as I clear my throat and take a drink. Chimpanzees share experiences with each other, a trait once thought to only be human. Scientists documented footage of a wild adult chimpanzee showing her mother a leaf, apparently just to share the experience with her. More examples of such interactions are needed to better understand the intention behind the gesture. Um, but the observation could demonstrate chimp chimpanzees possess a social behavior once thought to be specific to humans. Fiona, which must be one of the uh, chimpanzees, was engaged with what research call leaf grooming, a common behavior in which a chimpanzee will stroke and manipulate a leaf. And when, once I said it, I really do know that I've seen that a lot. Like every, uh, every picture of like the gorilla in the mist or whatever, they're just like holding the leaf and like doing <laughs> something with it. Uh, the reasoning behind the behavior is a mystery, but the call, uh, but they suspect it could be to inspect an ectoparasite, such as a tick, on top of the leaf. Often surrounding chimpanzees will also become engrossed in the action, intently watching the leaf being groomed. <laughs> Quote, chimpanzees have been observed to place ectoparasites on leaves and try to smash them. So, like, basically, they're just putting the bug on a leaf so they can see it better. Yeah. Um, but Fiona seems to take something out of her mouth and then places it on the leaf and shows it to the mother. What I'm, uh, what I'm really hopeful of is that the publication will result in a kind of catalyst to other people who have studied chimps for a long time. Maybe they've seen, oh, hang on, I've chip, seen chimps do something like that before. I didn't think it was significant. Hmm. Um, maybe then we can get some actual examples to really say better what's going on. But I would think that was that wouldn't be a thing just to humans for one animal to point something out <laughs> to another animal. Yeah. I guess I guess what they're saying is that there was no point. It it wasn't like look at this. This could be dangerous. This could be food. I get it. There's no other point to it than hey, neat. I guess. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sharing the, the experience, experience of, of leaf it, grooming, not warning of something. Right. Look what I can do. <laughs> uh, you want to take the little sure. next little story? Uh, the Lincoln City icon shuts down, leaving memories behind. The operators of the Lil Sambo's restaurant uh, on Highway 101 was set to close on November 15th. Beyond its menu. So how would you, you have not read it, so look up a second. I. How would you, did you read this already? No. So finish this sentence. Beyond its menu, Lil Sambo's has been known over the years for dot, dot, dot. Uh, racist animations uh, around the uh, uh so I remember going to Little Sambo's. And I've never been there. I've only heard tell. Yeah, Sambo's was a restaurant uh, when we were growing up. Uh, 
there there was one in Monrovia. I think there were several of them, yeah. In the the Los Angeles Basin. Oh, funny. And um, I I honestly, like, I never paid attention to, there's this little character who is brown-skinned, and was there a turban or uh, was yeah it, I mean, it was like, very much song of the south like very uh, oh, it, characteristic black okay, african-american okay. i believe um or and, some sort of racist right yeah you know, it's it's no um old you know uh the coon coon chicken cafe <laughs> that we had in portland at you know uh, 80 years ago uh we we had overtly oh yeah that's ridiculously right. racist yeah uh, establishments that is now clyde's uh steakhouse <laughs> well uh, <laughs> uh visit clyde's. little sambo's over the years has been known for a large collections of items for sale from candy to stuffed animals <laughs> <laughs> says this article <laughs> uh, yeah anyway <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Selling candy and stuffed animals, no. little Sambos. So, yes, that is closing. And in our Brian Turner segment, uh, a clam presumed extinct for 40,000 years has been found alive. So, no, yeah, no. Knocked off the K on that. Oh, no. 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 Known as. Uh, Samotia Koki, the clam had the clam had only been found as a fossil, and scientists presumed that the species had been extinct for more than forty thousand years. The pair finally captured a live specimen in twenty nineteen and brought it back to the museum to compare with known species from the fossil record. It bore a striking resemblance to a fossil first described in the nineteen thirties. And then uh, they named the species after Edna Cook, an amateur shell collector who recognized the fossils being unique among a collection of 30,000 shells. And um, once I physically saw that original specimen uh, had been used for his description, I knew right away that the live clam was the same species. How exciting for her. I mean, yeah. what a find, Edna. It's a, tri- <laughs> a triumphant reappearance. <laughs> Um, the, I didn't cut the story out with this, but the Goonies house in Astoria is once again up for sale for $1.65 million, which I, I didn't look at houses around it. What, like, what is property value in, in Astoria right now? Does that seem way more than like the surrounding areas? Like, I don't even I mean, know what one nice point location and, and it overlooks, and overlooks the bridge and the, the bridge. whole bay. That's probably, that's probably reasonable. Okay. Interesting. Well, let's talk about the low rumble of brown noise. Ooh. Oh, you might know this. The hashtag brown noise has over 86 million views on tiktok daryl michael 42 of vancouver bc and who has adhd uses the noise when he needs to focus and calls it a game changer it just feels like my brain is being hugged by the brown noise i just made a brown noise. do i know i don't have any brown noises on my oh parts are funny vulnerable no, that's, vulnerable I don't vulnerable. So. all right that's enough vulnerable okay 
<laughs> Imagine a deep static rumble like the low roar of a jet engine. That sound is called the brown noise and has been popular among people with ADHD as a tool to help them focus. The evidence the brown noise might help people with ADHD is anecdotal and there's no definitive research. A few studies have suggested that a similar sound called white noise may improve cognitive functioning and concentration. Um, so brown noise is the is considered a broadband sound, which means it's comprised of a wide range of frequencies that the human ear can hear. Brown noise only uses the lower frequencies, creating a low-pitched bass that sounds more pleasant to some. By contrast, white noise includes all frequencies that the human ear can hear all at the same time. So... On Amazon, you can buy a brown noise sound machine with 30 soothing sounds for $23. Wow. Brown noise coming to coming to concentration near you. Um, this next article, let's see. Oops, I just scrolled to the top of my page. Uh, police use DNA phenotype uh, phenotyping to limit pool of suspects to 15,000. Uh, so I'm not so concerned with this exact story, but the department partnered with a U.S.-based company called Parabon Nanolabs to create a profile image of a 1982 murder suspect, a Caucasian man with long blonde hair. Police claim that the image was generated using blood samples found at the scene of a murder from a man 40 years ago. This is the first time investigative... Invest, investigative, is that right? Yep. Investigative genetic genealogy has been used in Queensland. Hmm. The image does not factor uh, in the image does not factor in any environmental characteristics such as tattoos, facial hair, and scars, and cannot determine the age or body mass of a suspect. However, investigators published an online image of just white man uh, offering a $500,000 reward. The image is vague. The image is a vague rendering of a man that does not provide any more information than the sketch that the department already has of the suspect. This further perpetuates the hyper surveillance of any man who resembles the image. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what this article is getting into: mm. is broad dissemination of essentially a computer generated guess that can lead to mass surveillance. So of course, if they're just saying what it is a in this case a white man with blonde hair. And then you make a sketch out of them. Um, yeah, but I think it's super, super risky. If you think of like genetically creating a clone or, a you know, at a twins, like you could have identical twins that look radically different. Right. Because of weight gain and, as they said, facial hair and tattoos. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, body manipulation that, that you can do. And um, boy. Yeah, yes. so this uh, basically it's getting down to um, a. If you have used one of these companies, you are probably in these database police databases. Yep. Um, but also how um, especially harmful to people of color, specifically black and Latino communities, if they're just like he was a black man. <laughs> Everybody be on the lookout for a black man because yep. they are dangerous. That sort of thing. So <sighs> take us, take us, Mark, to Greater Idaho. Two Oregon counties vote to move state lines for greater Idaho. In in Ortland or Ortland again, I cut or off the first the, letter. In, in Portland, uh, the Greater Idaho movement has made headway after two eastern Oregon counties <coughs> voted to move the state lines for Oregon conservatives who want to live in Idaho, which is a red state. During Tuesday's midterm, 60% of Morrow County vo voters said yes to county measures uh, 
25 through 88, to move the county to Idaho. In Wheeler County, 58% uh, of voters also said yes to measure 35-29 to move the Idaho border. So the Greater Movement reports that 11 of the 15 Oregon counties that could, would be moved to Idaho have voted in support of adjusting the state. Well, it, that's not how things work, though, right? Guess what's missing from all of this? <laughs> like Idaho's view of, <laughs> of this. And Guess who doesn't want... I, I, I say, go ahead. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Right. Good luck. Um, huh. Uh, the past election isn't the first time these voters have gone to the polls in support of Greater Idaho. In the May 2022 <laughs> primary election, Douglas and Josephine counties voted against the measure with 57 and 55 percent no votes, respectively. Over 50 percent of Klamath County residents, however, were in favor of becoming part of Idaho. But I mean, you still need a ratification by other states be, besides, there's not just Oregon and Idaho decide right. because we are a a collection, a united <laughs> collection of states. I think what um, the greater Idaho movement is neglecting to understand is that they're really walking around trying to hand somebody a giant bill because yeah. guess what doesn't make money? Eastern Oregon. Right. I mean, there's lots of stuff we get from there, but cities financially take care of con the countryside and farming areas. Right. And so to be like, here's this $600 million a year debt so that we can do whatever. So yeah, always, always missing from these is whether Idaho wants them. Um, well, speaking of the ballot, slavery. Oh, yes. Slavery. Rejected in some. Not all. Not all states. Voters in four states approved ballot measures that will change the state's constitution to prohibit slavery and involuntary servitude as a punishment for crime, while those in a fifth state rejected the move. The measures approved uh, Tuesday curtail the use of prison labor in Alabama, Oregon, Tennessee, and Vermont. In Louisiana, a former slaveholding state, voters rejected a ballot question known as Amendment 7 that asked whether they had supported a constitutional amendment to prohibit the use of involuntary slavery. Uh, servitude. The movement to end or regulate the use of prison labor has existed for decades since the time when former Confederate states sought ways to maintain the use of chattel slavery after the Civil War. Southern states use racist laws referred to as black codes to criminalize, imprison, and re-enslave black Americans over benign behavior. Hey, pull those pants up, else we're going to arrest you. Right. Today, prison labor is a multi-billion dollar practice, which is why... Slavery was not rejected in all states because it is a multi-billion dollar practice. By comparison, workers can make pennies on the dollar and prisoners who refuse to work can be denied privileges such as phone calls and visits with family as well as solitary confinement. The 13th Amendment didn't actually abolish slavery. What it did was make it invisible, said anti-slavery advocate. So, lame. I want to take those new next two... Sure. Three story, two stories, whatever. Uh, so in the United States, National Park Service warns people to stop licking toads <laughs> that cause hallucinations. I don't really have a story on this, but you <laughs> no, can the story wasn't that exciting. And pretty much is all in the, in the headlines and fun employment radio. We talked about it last week. Yeah. So. Uh, there's also been a nurse accused of amputating a man's foot for her family's taxidermy shop. Now, despite that lull worthy headline, the story was a little darker than. 
just a nurse amputating a man's foot for her family's taxidermy show. She, so you may look that up. She ended like up that. taking both feet and he couldn't sue her because he didn't he, have a leg to stand uh, on. Uh, uh, uh. Um, Vulnerable. <laughs> perfect. And then prosecutors decide Portland man committed no crime by killing his landlord <laughs> with a sword. That story shared by one of my f- favorite Gosh. communists who was against land ownership and landlords yeah, on Facebook. But uh, this last story... I needed a I needed a pick me up after all that bleak news. So a Missouri man has pleaded guilty to robbing a local Bank of America branch using a demand note written on the back of his own birth certificate and while wearing an ankle monitor. He did it all. He admitted to the authorities to prove a point to his lover, though it's unclear precisely what that point was. Michael Conley Lloyd, 30, entered his plea of account of bank robbery. It says, on Wednesday, July 20, at approximately 11.30 a.m., an unknown white male wearing a gray cutoff t-shirt with blue gym shorts and an orange shoe on his right foot, what? okay, yeah. uh, entered the Bank of America. Uh, he had multiple tattoos brandished both on his left and right arm. I didn't think he brandish tattoos. Brandish. They brandishing him. Uh, he uh, approached the teller counter, presented a note to the teller written on a white piece of printer-like paper, which was written with a pink marker that stated, give your money now. Don't say anything. I have a partner outside the teller who received the note will be referred to here as DD. DD took the note and grabbed the money from one of her teller drawers and then handed the money over to him. So investigators determined that the then identified perpetrator had used a black Dodge Ram I had the hiccups all of a sudden as a getaway at 1140, 10 minutes after the heist, the local constabulatory, this must be from a different country, uh, uh, came to Lloyd. They came, the call came from good grief. Let me, let me, the call came from the boyfriend of Lloyd's roommate. According to court papers, (laughs) Lloyd was quickly located at the lazy acres (laughs) mobile home park where he lived. Uh, they said he confessed after waiving his Miranda rights, and uh, he said he threw his birth certificate ID out the window as he <laughs> fled, according to the complaint. He said he began passing police cars driven by officers who were responding to the robbery. He began became scared and started throwing the money he received from the teller out the window of the truck, he continued, after, uh, again, according to the complaint, the court paperwork says he next texted his roommate and told her to tell the police that her truck had been stolen. He also told her to start listening to her police scanner. He then called his lover, Lover. Ashley, to tell her what he has done. The documents go on to assert. He knew very quickly, however, that the jig was up. Uh, Wow. For all for $754. Perfect. So, yes, don't. Don't rob a bank with your with your uh, robbery note being on the back of your own birth certificate. It's probably not a great idea, but cool. Ah. So I uh, I put some stuff together. Um, when was the last time we were um, at the moon in, in the moon? Oh, people on the moon. People on the moon. I believe it was. 69 or 70 like yes. we haven't really gone back 72 okay so wow. we, we had six apollo missions actually land people on the moon so we've had 12 humans wow. touch put their feet on the moon 
And no other nation has done it. Um, Take Russia, that, other nations. <laughs> Russia and China have not landed others on the moon. And <clears throat> during the 60s and 70s, it became incredibly contentious uh, as, you know, uh, our nation was in a contentious state, you know, that was during the uh, Vietnam War and a lot of racial tension and gender identity and all the things. And so I'm glad we're done with those we're days. We're done with those days and everything's fixed <laughs> now. And um, it's, so we spent billions of dollars sending people to the moon. And meanwhile, we had black families unable to eat. And, you know, <laughs> and the disparity became really obvious and and really profound and um for that reason and and many other reasons uh it just wasn't as popular to continue uh continue going to the moon and so we stopped then we especially had since there was n nothing exploitable on the moon for us <laughs> to take exactly. i mean there's no reason for us to go back other than what science right and so then, about that. then we had space lab and then the international space station and the uh shuttle program throughout the late 70s and 80s into uh 20 uh was it 2011 was yeah, the last space shuttle like yeah um and um and so we are headed back to the moon now mm. and so artemis um is in greek mythology the twin sister of apollo uh also child of zeus and uh i believe something yeah and um we weren't allowed to learn that heathen stuff in our <laughs> Christian school. And so Artemis is, uh, you know, is in route right now as we're Okay, speaking. so that's whatever just launched last week or whatever. Exactly. Okay, everyone's and, very excited. Very excited. And so the largest rocket ever to, uh, you know, larger than the Saturn V rocket was the Artemis SLS uh, the space launch system. Uh, it's and, the luxury, the luxury model. <laughs> totally. They didn't go with the XS. They went with the SLS and with leather interiors. And so, um, the long-term goal is to establish a, um, moon base and, uh, use and, and have a, uh, orbiting gateway, uh, at the moon that can serve as an outpost and a launch it's like a truck stop like a truck stop yeah to get to mars okay and so um so we are doing artemis one is in in existence right now and this is robots and a mannequin in <laughs> in a thing going out it's gonna make oh i have the best picture in my head for what the <laughs> artemis mission looks like Sorry. you're not <laughs> far off whatever it is and so they're en route to the moon right now. Then they're going to orbit the, the moon for five or seven days and then come back to Earth and splash down. Um, Artemis 2 is in two years, and that's going to have humans on it. And then um, Artemis 3 is in 2024. And uh, uh, sorry, that's 2024. 2025, we're going to land humans on the moon again and so another three years until we have humans on the moon and we've got several launches be between now and then to work out some of the details uh the 
The capsule is heavier and bigger because it's got more humans. It can take four to six humans uh, aboard the, um, the Orion capsule. Because of that, uh, you don't have as much uh, payload for fuel to get back to the Earth. And so there's a really complex, like we've got vehicles that will get you there and then you trade off and come back at a different vehicle to get back to the earth and and there's it's like going with this, friends to the movie you have to like it's coordinate on who's parking it, where it, and totally what this car is and, totally a, a, a right after church movie i was gonna experience. say when my parents left me at church thinking both thinking the other one had brought me home <laughs> exactly Hello? and um and so, so what the the one that just went up now you said was going to circle the moon five times or whatever or for whatever, five days or whatever, for five yeah. days. Is it just scoping things out? Is that what the point of that one is? Yeah, we're doing proof of concept of all the things. Um, <clears throat> we we learned a lot of lessons from the space shuttle program, and what they are requiring now is dissimilar redundancy and so what that means is in the space shuttle program when we had two catastrophic failures challenger and atlantis uh that closed down the programs for years uh during the investigations like after the challenger it took two or three years before right. we we had another shuttle in the air and what what we're doing now is we've got both spacex and um, Orbital ATK is the other company. So who owns SpaceX once Twitter goes down and he owes $40 billion to some that hooligan was his, in an alley? He took a loan out for that. He'll be fine. But didn't he use um, SpaceX for collateral? I, uh, anyway, well, I guess we'll find he'll out. Be, he'll be fine. They're all um, rich. They'll be fine. Totally. And so Orbital AT, ATK and SpaceX are preparing launch vehicles or uh, landing vehicles and and all the things separately with the same mission in mind but totally different technologies so that if one has a catastrophic failure the other can oh. continue uh moving forward without any pause okay uh and so it's dissimilar redundancy oh that's interesting I, i've never heard that term yeah. before and it totally makes sense yeah if you are both using the same platform and something went wrong with the platform, you've now shut down both of those. Right. But if you're using two totally d dissimilar services, then uh, uh, do that. So uh, so the SLS is big. Uh, you know, it's bigger, it's just slightly bigger than the... Um, is that just for more fuel capacity or to fit more people or all of those things? It's all the things. It's, it's uh, not radically bigger than the okay. Saturn V. It's, it's uh, incrementally bigger, but... Uh, it has solid rocket boosters like the space shuttle had, and it's got the kind of classic uh, rocket in the middle like okay. Saturn V did. Yeah. So it's it's got the three tiers as you see it launching. Um, I uh, started the live stream um, in bed on the iPad. I fell asleep and Nick woke me up like, 30 seconds before the launch and so it's like woke up saw the launch watched it like get into orbit like seven minutes later and uh fell back asleep nice <laughs> so, perfect um and um it's a their their goal 
is to set up the gateway, which is the basically the ISS for the moon. And so it'll be a, um, a space station that orbits the moon and, uh, and then setting up some sort of base station on the moon itself wow. and uh, use those as uh, footstep, you know, stepping stones right, to get to right. Mars. And I'm sure put satellite dishes on them oh, yeah. because that's getting out of the interference of the earth just to look at the sky. Yep. I'm sure would be wow. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on. Well, I didn't want to go like yeah, into yeah, yeah. the minutia, but uh big picture is we're going back to the moon and we're doing the steps of it right now. Is space force involved in any <laughs> I mean, and I guess that's a silly question, but is it a silly question? I guess it's a branch of our military. So, the, so like right. So the Artemis missions were commenced during Trump's uh, you know, in 2017, Trump. Oh, that's right. He's like, we're going back artists. to the moon. Everyone's like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> uh, and one of the, the core problems with going back to the moon has been that the planning and the execution takes longer than eight years, which is the maximum length of a single presidential oh, administration. And so every time there's momentum, things get, shut down and reallocated and, and redirected, uh, over the decades yeah. that this happened. Um, it's easier to go get oil in, you know, in Iraq than to right. you know, send a rocket onto the moon. Um, and so, so that's been an issue and, um, and so yeah, Trump, Trump started it. We are continuing it and, uh, we're, um, interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. Well, I just, I forgot I had this pulled up, but do you remember our delightful story about the man who robbed a bank using a note written on the back of his own birth certificate and wearing yes. an ankle monitor here? Here's what, here's what he looks like. <laughs> he, he looks like a consultant I had at SEH America that, oh boy. that, that managed team development name uh, he he somehow both looks incredibly dangerous and not dangerous at all no, all yeah, at the same time a and i'm little not crazy, sure crazy he's got ass. the f word tattooed over his adam's apple oh nice. so oops uh, he's a disaster. anyway <laughs> wow 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 put that away very interesting so yeah do, i guess so they'll first build a satellite or not a satellite, but a, a station around the moon and then start constructing things on the moon. Yeah. And we're going to. So do you think that it's possible to, I mean, obviously when we all think things on the moon and on other planets, we're thinking like dome structures that have their own oxygen and stuff like that. Do you think that it's a possibility to even do all that to get that much of that sort of resources to build? Or is it just a very much it's, like when you see a, a something in the middle of Nevada and it's just like one pump and that's it. Like get back <laughs> so, on the road. Yeah, um, I I don't know, but I I do I have heard, especially recently in like the last two years, there's been significant uh, discovery of things that are embedded in the lunar surface, and right. so they've been able to find the building blocks of oxygen and of water. Which, if you can make water, then uh, everything else is great because right. you have hydrogen, you have oxygen, and you have water. <laughs> right. And so you can do all the things that you need to do with those 
you know, right. with that one we element. We got to figure out that artificial one. gravity. That's like the big, I guess we can all have the magnetic boots type thing so we can walk on the, just stick to any metal surfaces or whatever. Totally. All those practical things will be really interesting to see how they find out how to deal with. Yeah. To overcome our that. physiology really reacts poorly to zero g uh like much like how my coke immediately leaves all the bubbles inside of it when we step out all the bubbles inside our body just yeah it, uh but even with with just zero g not not negative you know right zero pressure uh but zero g like uh human their body stretches out uh by like three inches uh because there's not nothing the holding it down yeah, yeah. Uh, and so inflammation becomes a problem and and uh getting circulation and uh, like when you are sleeping you have to have the right circulation around your face otherwise uh, carbon monoxide like builds up around your face and you die uh, things uh, like zero g is hard <laughs> to, to deal with yeah uh, super fun but uh is is really complex to to engineer around right especially for just for our bodies yeah it's like taking one of those blob fish from the bottom of the ocean <laughs> and it just like def- right. deflates <laughs> everybody yeah. only knows it as it at its worst <laughs> never at its best interesting interesting well this is thanksgiving weekend our week, I guess. Um, I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> I, I was looking for a transition out of the show. And I, <laughs> that, that brought me to a cul-de-sac that I don't, I, I don't know how to get out of. I do have uh, something to play us out with. Oh, nice. Um, here, I will just put the link oh, in the top of the document right here. All right. <laughs> This is the second time we've uh, we've ended the show with uh, maybe not this exact video, but uh, yes, we will. For those of you with ADD that somehow made it to the end of this <laughs> of this podcast, I guess we did make it a little short just for you. But um, have some remastered brown noise for eight hours, except I won't make this eight hours. So smoothed brown note, no uh, smoothed brown noise. So uh, we will see you guys later. loud thunderstorm or something or just the start of a wave oh sure sure uh, ocean wave huh well all right thanks there you go oh or to help relieve tinnitus (laughs) this bullshit (laughs) youtube video says tinnitus 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 (laughs) all right bye-bye bye